When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I am here today with Mark Pattison. Mark, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Why don't you kick it off? Tell the listeners uh, who you are, where you're from, what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, originally from Seattle. It's a little too rainy up there, so I decided, heck, I might want to move to Southern California and become a real estate agent. So I've been an agent now for six and a half years. Didn't know one person here. Kind of just started from scratch. I now own a company, team named Porchlight. So a lot of people uh, in Southern California are familiar with the brand. We have about 80 real estate agents. Uh, I'm now in three different states with my team. So I'm in uh, Vegas, I'm in Houston, Texas, and I'm in Southern California. And uh, we are at 600 deals year to date in San Diego County, which pretty stoked on. I think I were the first team to ever do more than 500 in one year. So hoping to end at about the 800 mark with my agents here in San Diego. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, didn't do real estate uh, before, had zero experience, didn't have a mentor and just been kind of like figuring it out through helping others and getting help from others. So this is a way I love doing podcasts, giving back, giving ideas. So hopefully you find some inspiration from this. That's awesome. And what got you into real estate? You mentioned you didn't really have a background or a mentor per se. So when you came to Southern California, you know, what was the first exposure? Or maybe it was even before that in Seattle, you know, what was like the first exposure to real estate that really got you into it? So I was uh, actually bartending in Chicago. I went to Seattle. I was sick of Seattle, moved to Chicago. Also, Chicago is really cold. So I said, so I'm going to move to Southern California. And I had, it wasn't like I watched a TV show that had it. I didn't have any exposure. I just said, I'm going to become a real estate agent. I'm good with people. I like hard work. I feel like I want to be in a business where you get what you deserve. You know, your input is exactly equivalent to your output. Um, unlimited income sources. So that's what I thought of it. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. Moved here. It takes a while in California to get your real estate license. So I did bartending in the interim. And once I got licensed, joined a team. It was a quote unquote team. It wasn't really much. A uh, little bit of a mentorship from there, but it was really just me being solo. I signed up for coaching with Tom Ferry Coaching uh, my first week in the business. And that's kind of where I found my mentors and my more or less like idols, people that I look up to and just started modeling my business after them. That's awesome. 
And now, I mean, 600 transactions, is that anticipated or you've already closed here today? Uh, closed and pending 600. Closed, nice. cr- and, closed and we're August currently, I think I have 500 right closed. Cool. So you still have September, October, November, and December. So what would you say to a team? I mean, you're probably on pace to do somewhere close to 1,000 transactions this year in San Diego alone. You know, what would you say to a team lead or a broker who's doing like 200 transactions in, and this is by the way, a, a median house price market of 700,000, right? This isn't average national average median house price. So what would you say to a broker doing like 200 transactions that wants to level up? Well, one thing, don't worry about the transaction number, worry about your profitability. Cause there's a lot of teams out there doing thousands of deals and I make more money than them. I'm not saying I'm like the guru or something, but watch your profitability and don't think that just because I'm selling a thousand, I'm any better than you. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of solo agents that freaking make more money than I do. So mm. remember that when you are starting your team out, watch your expenses, don't spend too much. The cool thing is, is for June, July, and August, my profitability is 36%. That's my net. That's what I'm taking home. And that's extremely high. If you can have a team running, try to at least, if you're not in production, uh, should be at least 20%. That's what like kind of the drive is for but I've now accomplished where I'm at 36% just through some ancillary businesses, uh, making sure I have a transaction coordinator fee from my agents, uh, making sure that we track where the lead source comes from, et cetera. And that's been what my, my biggest thing is. I also run my team really lean. We only have three admin staff, which includes one transaction coordinator, an operations manager, and then a person who kind of does HR, culture, events, onboarding, kind of like the like team mom. So the staff is really light and I make my agents do a lot more than the average team. Therefore, it becomes more profitable. So if you're doing 200 deals, don't worry. You can still kick ass and make a lot of money. Uh, If you want to level up, I would sign up for coaching and start becoming friends with people like, not saying myself, but people like my business. You know, I've got friends in Florida, Boston. I've got friends in New York. I talk to them all the time and we share ideas. I'm not the one who created this. I just really copy each one of my friends and we put this all together. That's awesome. Yeah. And success leaves clues. So, you know, by investing in coaching and increasing your network and just becoming open to the inputs of others and what's working in other markets and testing it in your market, it's such a key in today's business. And it's totally possible with phone calls and Zooms and masterminds and Facebook groups. And like, there's so much out there. So really, really great suggestion there. You mentioned one aspect. I mean, you covered a lot in that description, but you you mentioned one aspect of very meticulously tracking where the leads are coming from. And so what I want to dive into now is what's your percentage of referral business to new business? Yeah. So our, well, I I use a program called Sisu. I've got a website called marksresources.com. And if you take a look at that, it's got my tech stack there. It gives you all my programs that I use. One of them I have is Sisu. So if you do have a group of agents, maybe 10 or more, I would highly suggest doing that for your tracking. And if I go to my reports, I can click on what my top lead sources are for the year. Uh, I would say it's percentage wise, it's about 30% past client referral, 30% online leads. Probably now with open houses coming back, we'll probably get that number up. We're pretty good at converting at open houses. So just make sure that you try to track things and, and then like get lead sources that are free. So for example, any referral source like Homelight, uh, Zillow Flex, Veterans United, all those companies, they give me leads. I pay them a referral fee. Yes, it costs money on the referral fee, but I didn't have to do any initial investment, which in turn, very profitable business because you're not having to pay for it upfront. 
Zillow year to date, I think has already given me over maybe $2 million worth of leads. If I were to actually pencil it out and do the math, there's no way I would have spent 2 million on leads on that. So in six months, so those kind of lead sources help me be a little bit more profitable, but past client and referral is huge for us. We do a lot of past client retention. We do a ton of events and I can talk on that and how we kind of invite people without annoying them and give them market updates without being kind of salesy, letting them know what the value of their house is. Uh, we have all of that set in place automatically. Yeah, let's let's definitely dive into that in just a second here. I, I want to dive into your your systems that increase the amount of referrals that you receive. But you mentioned something that I want to clarify. So you said Zillow has sent you two million dollars. Is that in like commissions? Like, is that what you mean nope. by that? What? No. Say you're going to sign up for Zillow, right? you have to pay them. Yeah. You have to pay them per lead. Right now, a cost for one phone call from Zillow in San Diego County is fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. So the amount of phone calls Zillow has given us is $2 million worth of that. So if I were to be on Zillow Premier Agent and just sign up for Zillow, that's what I would have had to have paid in the first six months of this year, which I wouldn't have ever done. Like that's So Zillow Flex is the new platform that they rolled out for the top teams mm. in the country. They give you leads, you close them, you pay them a referral fee. So Got it makes it. it much, much easier to grow faster because you're not having to front the money. Whenever you're fronting money for online leads, you got to remember you're going to front that cash and you're not going to have a return for minimum three months. And, and that's if you're amazing. Because remember, even if you get a brand new client and, and get them into a sale, you're not going to get paid for 30 days for that sale. Some states, it's even longer. So you got to put that into math of like how much money you're going to invest in the online leads. Make sure it's kind of like farming. If you go out and you farm for a year, you know, you may get something. If you farm for three months, you're not going to get anything. So if you're going to be spending the money to do these online leads, make sure you have enough to go three months, six months without getting any return um, and really having the scripts down and the lead routing down so that you're not wasting money. And that's a great piece of advice. One of my top clients says, if you're not going to try something for a year, don't do it. And you know that does play into the online lead platform. I mean, myself owning a marketing agency, our benefit and our unique value proposition is that we can install an exclusive lead source within your business and it'll be a fraction of the cost of the leads coming from Zillow, but it does take time. It's a system that will continuously each day drop in new leads and a lot of them are top of funnel and it takes a while to nurture and follow up and actually get those people to in, move to a buyer broker agreement or a listing agreement. So with that being said, Mark nailed it and really interesting about what you know, you're doing with Zillow Flex where they're just taking a referral on the back end. And I did hear a while back that any like venture capitalists looking at prop tech systems or lead gen companies to acquire, they like the ones who are doing referral based rather than, you know, like the retainer kind of marketing agency system. Um, just because number one, there's bigger upside, but then number two, it's a more sophisticated model. And I think that, you know, no agent loves making phone calls. Some some will say it, but it's like, man, it takes time out of the day. I'd rather go meet with someone in person that's already been vetted and, and is ready to go more like the acting as the closer rather than the setter. And so, yeah. you know, at any time, if there's a company that can not only generate the lead, but also qualify them and make sure that they are ready to go soon, figure out their timeline and then hand them off, that is huge value. And then they're and saying, they're hey, don't, don't even pay us till it closes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's only op available to top, top teams though, right? Like you have to be invited. Yeah. You have to be invited. Uh, you can get an invite through people. So like part of the value add for being part of my group 
I can get people these lead sources pretty easily. I just got my buddy on it in Bay Area. Um, he basically just got to skip the line. So it's like a fast pass at Disney. Don't wait in line. Align yourself with the right people. Uh, one thing I love, the uh, people say, it's like your network is your net worth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you are the salary of your five closest friends. That's exactly the same thing. So if you surround yourself with good people, you can get these lead sources. If you just go to the website and sign up, you won't ever get a call. Um, you know, there's there's such a wait list for these types of lead sources. So you've got to partner with the right people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's been one of the most interesting ancillary benefits to me owning a marketing agency that focus on helping top 1% real estate brokers because my network is now insane. After doing this for four years and helping top teams all over the nation, now when I got into the sales aspect, I had unlimited resources to help level me up, get there faster. And that's something that I positioned to my now clients on the multifamily side. I say, hey, I'm new in the commercial real estate sales aspect, but I have a podcast. I've been had a marketing agency for four years. My network is insane. I have a list of investors that would purchase your property. Like, let's have a conversation about this, right? And so I couldn't agree more. Your network is your net worth. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in upgrading your network, reach out to Mark. He's super friendly and he is helping people all over. I mean, he literally has his tech stack and all his resources online. And I'll link to that below. Huge value and really appreciate that. What I want to focus on now is those systems that you talked about where you can send out market reports and it doesn't seem spammy and you can invite people to events and it doesn't seem awkward. Like let's dive into that. That's huge. Yeah. So we do uh, pre-COVID. We had our last one was planned for March of last, yeah, last year. We had to cancel that. So our next event is September 16th. We're ultimately just throwing a happy hour for our, for our clients. So it's not about the point of them like actually going, it's just the invite. Because you want to be able to touch base with your clients. And we do this every quarter. Say, hey, just wanted to shoot you a text or a call. All those past clients. Because most agents never follow up with their, you know, the people that bought a house. And we follow up with them so much. We now are getting all the listings two years, three years, four years later. Because we talk to them every single quarter. We also send them up on uh, HomeBot. So HomeBot's one of the programs we use. You can put their name and their address, everything in. It sends them a monthly market update which it's, it's a very high click-through rate. A lot of people love it. Gives them the update, tells them what their value is, how much they owe on it, um, what the home is worth to them. Tells them if, if they were to Airbnb it, this is what they would get out of it. So it's a lot of fun. People will get that every single month. So that's their market update. And then you're doing the love letters. So what we do is are called letter of the heart. We send it out every single month. It's just a little bit about yourself, um, what happened that month, and you send it to your past clients and your sphere of influence. And from that, that's where we're getting a ton of people coming back. Um, we do some pop buys. We bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies. So if you're just in an area, say you're up north and you've got a showing up there, plan before and be like, who did I sell a home up north to? Have it on your Google map. We upload all of our sales into a Google map. So each agent has their past sales. So mm. if they're in an area, they can look on there and be like, oh, I've got five clients here. I'm going to swing by all five and just drop them off something on their front porch. So they have note cards in their trunk and they have the gifts in their trunk. So right now we had a uh, Girl Scout cookies. So all the agents handed out, it was something like 5,000 cookies, like packages. And I bought all of them because uh, this girl was told that sh- by her scout leader that she couldn't sell 5,000 Girl Scout cookies. And I said, <laughs> well, I said, well, that's bullshit. Don't ever let anyone tell you they can't do something. And uh, I'll buy 5,000 from you. <laughs> so it was like a $15,000 bill. But now we use that and we wrote that story on a card. And we did that as pop buys. We said, hey, the reason why we're giving these out is because a girl was told that 
she couldn't do something. And I don't think any kid should ever be told they can't accomplish something. So enjoy these cookies on us. We miss you. Hope to see you soon. We got so many comments and people messaging us for that. Uh, it was a, a good pop by. Another thing is like, if you know your clients like favorite food or whatever, just freaking drop them off a Starbucks card or mail out Starbucks cards. Like, Hey, five bucks, Starbucks on me next round. I appreciate you. That will get you right. so many referrals and it'll cost you $5. The problem is people just won't do it. They know what to do, but you should be doing this every single month. Man, the systems that you have in place though, I, I really want to just unpack this for a second. First of all, the fact that you bought 5,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies from one Girl Scout, and then you didn't just stop there by making this kid's life, like she'll be telling that story for the rest of her life, <laughs> but you didn't stop there. You encapsulated the story into a card. And story is so important because this is how people remember. This is what people share virally on social media. I mean, that is such a compelling story to tell. And so then you encapsulate it in the card. It's a reason to stop by, right? And yep. the Google map list, that is genius. It's so simple. And I've never thought of applying that to real estate. So I apply it when I go travel. Google Maps has superior international maps as opposed to Apple. Apple's great in the US. I have an iPhone, Apple Maps, whatever. But when you're in Bali, and you're in some, you know, Apple roads just don't correlate to what's actually there. Google is much more updated. So when I'm traveling, I have folders for each space I've gone to, like Bali, Vietnam, this and that. And then I have, you know, Bali accommodations, Bali food, Bali surf spots, and all these different folders. And so you can share those. You can either make them public, you can make them private, you could share them with people. So what you're saying is you upload the addresses of past clients for each of your agents to these Google map folders so that anytime they're anywhere and they have a free second, they can just click, they click into on it that and link. Say, yeah. say, oh, here's my, here's my past closings. And it's on their phone right in front of them and they can just hit directions and it goes right there. Yep. Simple. So then like, say you're like randomly, I mean, people may not all be Amazing. from San Diego, but say you're like in La Jolla and you're like, gosh, who have I sold a house to in La Jolla? You just go to your map and look. And you're like, well, I've got 30 minutes. I'm just going to drop by like five of these things. We don't have them knock on the door, especially with COVID. We're just dropping things off on the front door. Plus, you don't really want to like spend 30 minutes or an hour at every past client's house. You don't have the time. But if you're in the area, you just drop it by, you know, yeah. and then you mark it done. And then uh, we do the mailers like for like St. Patty's Day. We'll get like a dollar scratch ticket and be like, I'm lucky to know you. You know, if you win, you better buy another house for me. Uh, <laughs> like we do like funny things, you know. Yeah, so I like that. those are mailed. We do the drop buys. It just helps for people when they're in an area, if they've got time to kill, you shouldn't just be sitting there. You should be like driving around visiting past clients houses. No, that's so true. And just to kind of wrap this up, I can really relate to that from my Cutco days. I right at 18 years old was recruited for Cutco. Seemed like a great opportunity. I was working two restaurant jobs that I hated. And this seemed like, oh man, higher base pay, the you know unlimited earning potential. And so in the beginning, they call you a five-star rep because you drive all over San Diego County, you have five appointments and you go from Vista down to Lakeside, over to La Jolla, back up to Escondido, and then you finish the day in Carlsbad. That's not an efficient day, right? If you have a day of appointments in Carlsbad, you should now use those zip codes and rack your brain and think about how you can creatively spend the day in Carlsbad and really maximize your time not waste it driving all, all over the city for no reason. And for so sure. the way that I relate to this is like when I would have a no-show appointment 
and I'd call my manager. I'm all upset, man. I'm, you know, I'm trying to hit this goal or break this new record or competition. And I'm like, man, this person no showed me. They were so solid on the phone. I don't know what happened. And he's like, well, what are their neighbors doing? Right? Like, do you know anyone else in the area? Can you call and set an instant appointment? Can you call and ask where the neighbor is and set an appointment with the neighbor? Like get creative. Right? And so those little things, those little habits took me from average rep to top 1% in the company. And you're instilling those same types of habits in your agents. There's no wonder why your team is crushing it. Yep. We do uh, same thing. I mean, we were dropping off, one of my agents was dropping off one to his past client, saw the neighbor next door in the yard, started, picked up a conversation with them and said, oh yeah, I'm just dropping these off. Do you want some Girl Scout cookies? And they're like, sure. And they're like, hey, there's a little story on there. I actually sold them their house. And the guy's like, actually, we we're just thinking about, I was talking to my wife. We were talking about selling our place. What do you think our house is worth? Listing appointment right there on the spot, game of home evaluation, <laughs> ran comps with them and got the listing from the freaking no pop way. from the Popeye. Yeah. Dude's dude's watering his lawn or something. Just hey. Yeah, he was out like hanging out outside and he's like, Oh, you want some Girl Scout cookies? And he's like, Sure. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. And, yep. and then with, he parlayed it into like the story of why we're doing it. And then they were like, right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like one a freaking listing off of random. Yeah. Instant rapport, random. And it just goes to show opportunity really is everywhere. And yep. it's a much more classy way to do it, in my opinion, than always having your Century 21 name tag on. Like that was like the classic way to do that, right? You're in the grocery store. Like if you have your name tag on, people will know. This is much more authentic way to do it. I think much classier. You don't have to like have your name tag on all the time. You just, yep. hey, hey, I was visiting your neighbor. You know, I, I know them. I sold their house to them, whatever. And you just are able to then generate that appointment. You know, one of my top clients talks about how when they go, you know, door knocking, that they create so many appointments from it, from a lot of times the things that they don't think are going to happen. Like they go door knock this area, but then they see someone driving by or someone visiting or whatever, and it creates more opportunity. So curious about your entrepreneurial journey. So what's the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that attributes most to your success? I take action. <laughs> so that's that's literally the difference between someone who's successful and someone who is just sitting there like, oh, what do I need to do? A lot of people have analysis paralysis. They won't do something until it's perfect. So nothing I ever do is perfect. Like it's always just, you know, my done is better than your perfect. And I always make sure I implement. Start off with the day. I go through, I use my calendar. I live by it religiously. If it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. So yep. make sure you're marking your calendar down. I go through every single day in the morning, look at what I have to do, make sure everything's spaced out right. I also do it at the end of the night and I look to make sure I accomplished everything. And then I look at the next day. So even if it's a calendar item, if it's a place I have to be, for example, the podcast today, it was in my calendar as red, like uh, the color red, because I had to be there at a certain time. I had to be on it. Uh, If it's something that makes me money, I put it as green. If it's something I want to accomplish, but I don't have to get done that day, it's blue. So I can move it over anything that relates to like bills, like mortgages or any financing stuff. I put it as yellow and I just live by my calendar. So if it's on there, I try to accomplish three things a day. If you do three things a day, every single day, and you know, you did your three, you're never going to feel like you're overwhelmed because if you're an entrepreneur, there's always more to do. Mm-hmm. So do those three major nuggets a day, get those taken care of, delete them from your calendar. And if you do three a day, every single day that you're working, holy crap, you're going to get a lot done. But if you think about all the stuff you have to do, you're going to be overwhelmed and stressed out. I'm honestly rarely stressed out because I just look at it day by day and just see where I want to go. I've got the big picture, the quarter plan, and I've got the year plan, but I really just focus on my day. I love that. 
breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. Yeah, three for a sure. Day. And Love also that. like, don't expect or don't compare yourself to others. There's always gonna be someone better than you. I sell 800 houses this year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, there's dudes that sell 5,000 houses. Well, good for them. Their journeys, you know, maybe at the, they're at their year 10 or their year 15. Don't compare your year one to my year six. Don't compare my year six to your year six. Everyone has a different journey. I may mm-hmm. not have started right here and you may have. I may have started here with just other situations or reverse, you know. I can't go and look at other people and think that, you know, oh, I deserve more or shit, I'm not doing as well as I should be. Right. No, it makes total sense. And, you know, not being discouraged or comparing is really key in today's world, especially with social media. I mean, this is a whole discussion in and of itself, but... You know, social media can be super toxic or it can be an incredible income producer or it can be like super inspiring. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so so subjective to the way that you look at it and the way that you use it as a tool. But it's super easy to scroll through your feed, follow a couple of people that you idolize and you're like, man, I'm not where I should be. And then you start to compare and you start to get depressed and you start to not take action. Right. But really, this is what it's all about. And this is the entire reason why I structured this podcast in this way. It's because when I was working at Cutco, I understood that consistent actions over a long period of time is what created massive results. And so the whole concept of this podcast is distilling down those action items for success from top real estate professionals so that you don't have to sit here and compare and kind of live in the dark. You can just be like, okay, Mark focuses on three things a day that are most important and he does this, this, and this. I'm just gonna do those actions for six months and see what happens, right? Like that's that's the whole point of this podcast is just to really make it simple and just list out the things that lead to success in real estate. So appreciate everything so far. And I have a couple more questions for you. So where do you think the industry is heading with uh, Tesla reinventing the car buying experience and you know, basically just now creating so much valuation in the company, like everything is now tech first with Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, with Amazon partnering with Realogy and like with so many tech industry leading companies entering the real estate space as either brokerages or, you know, kind of moving towards that space. Where do you think the industry is heading? And then, I mean, you don't have a crystal ball, but now consider like a macroeconomic view of COVID and the stimulus and the moratorium and everything that, you know, soon is ending what do you think is going to happen in the next two to five years? Yeah, so I'm not a smart dude. So if anyone thinks they know the answer, you're probably listening to the wrong people. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, a guy I follow, Steve Harney. He's the Keeping Current Matters. So mm. great website to look at. Follow them on Instagram. You don't have to pay for the site. There is like a paid version. I think it's 30 bucks a month. It's definitely worth it if you're, if you're wanting to spend the budget. That's going to be where you're going to find a lot of the, the valuable information. I don't watch the news. So I don't have any of the toxic crap coming into your life. I don't watch TV. I do like maybe one episode of a TV show once a month, but very few, like I can never finish the series because obviously I don't, I don't watch enough TV. Uh, so my exposure to it is really, I kind of just stay in my lane. I'm not naive. I'm not going to say I don't like pay attention to what's going to happen. I'm pretty frugal with my money. Like I talked about profitability. So I've got my reserves built up. So if something does shift in the market, I do have time to pivot. So I believe there will be a shift. Do I know when? No. 2015, people were telling me not to buy rental properties because there was going to be a shift in the market. Well, the, pro- the rental properties that I bought, I put $17,000 down. I bought it for $500,000. It's now worth 1.1. 1. 1. 
So super glad I didn't listen to them because they right. for sure thought the market was going to shift then. So really, I don't think anyone necessarily knows with the rents, uh, you know, like people coming back from COVID and things ending, I, I think it's going to be fine because we really don't have much inventory. There has been a slowdown in the market, which for me is totally fine. I represent a lot of buyers. I work with a lot of military. Military has their jobs no matter what, unless, you know, something happens, but typically it's a pretty stable industry. So I'm not necessarily scared of what might happen, but I, I do think we're going to see a shift. It's getting more normalized right now. We went through like about six months of craziness and now, you know, it's feeling more normal. We're not having 40 offers on a place. We're having some listings sit and we're not necessarily getting offers. Most of our places still are moving the first weekend, um, right. but I think it's going to get back to where it's going to be a few weeks to sell a house. Uh, we're not going to be flying off the shelves, but I don't think we're going to see a crash. You know, the amount of money people have in their houses, is, there's too much equity. The market would have to tank quite a bit for people to walk away from their homes. Uh, there just won't be as many insane gains that we've seen. Yeah. I, but also my opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's right. No, I, I love everything you said. And you mentioned staying in your lane and, you know, having cash reserves, not being overextended. And someone like you, you're going to adapt no matter what market. If we do go into a high foreclosure, short sale market, you'll adapt, right? You'll, you, you're someone it. who, yeah, okay. you'll crush it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just bought, yeah. a, I bought a Lamborghini this weekend. So you, you, you bought it or you leased it? No, I bought one. I, okay. bought a, and, I bought a Urus. And the only reason I ask that is because I know there's a lot of tax advantage to leasing. So you just, you just bought it. Yep. 6,000 pound vehicle. So it's an okay. SUV. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I know, so there is a tax advantage to that because it's like farm equipment or something, right? Yeah. It's section, section 179, uh, yeah. commercial, commercial vehicle over 6,000 pounds, but talk yeah. to your accountants. Yep. Yeah. So I, but it's, so when you order one of these things, cause there's fucking apparently like a special car, I just want a really badass car. By the way, I moved to San Diego eight years ago on a moped. So I had a moped and an air mattress. Incredible. Uh, so it's really like, I just really want a badass car. I was looking at some really expensive cars and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with the Lamborghini, which <laughs> seems so ridiculous, but we'll see. It takes eight months to build it. Wow. So I'm not going to get it for a while. Oh, wow. So you, yeah, they're assembling it like a Tesla. Yeah, it's, cost, except it's like literally from ground up, but I do have a Tesla as well. Teslas are freaking, Teslas are sweet. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So back on real estate. So, so ultimately if the market crashes, I'm fucked. <laughs> But I'll sleep in my Lamborghini. <laughs> You'll sleep in your Lamborghini. Exactly. Yeah. You have a Lamborghini SUV to sleep in. So that's cool. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, back like three or four years ago, I, I had a meeting with you and we were talking about your follow-up systems. And I was blown away at how prompt your team is at follow-up because I was in the middle of crafting a product that would help with not only the lead generation, but the instantaneous follow-up. MIT conducted a study after the first five minutes that someone submits a lead, the likelihood of you converting that lead falls off by 5,000%. I don't really know how that percentage works, but that's the study. And with that, speed to lead has become this term in real estate where speed to lead is so important. But still to this day, I'll help generate a lead and my AI chat and all these things fire and do its thing. And then I asked the agent, when was your first contact? When did you call them? And they're like, oh yeah, I called them like right away. And I was like, okay, but how many minutes after, 
how many minutes passed from the time that it was integrated with your CRM and you got the alert to when you made that phone call. And they're like, oh, I called them later that day. And I'm like, okay, so how many? And they're like seven hours later. Oh, okay. Mark's team, and if, if you're still doing the same things you were doing a couple years ago, this is going to blow away my listeners. How many times in the first 30 seconds are you guys calling? Three times. That's right. So yeah, we have three times in the first 30 seconds of, of a lead coming in. Obviously, if the person picks up, then we only call them once. But right. if they don't pick up, we hang up, we call them again, we hang up, we call them again. We don't leave a voicemail. It's called war dialing. And if they do answer on the third time, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to leave you a voicemail and it clicked off. But hey, you inquired about that cute little blue house on Main Street. When would you like to see it? That right there. So key, so money. And the fact that you have that excuse ready to go, like, oh, I was going to call the, this is what I remember most about that time. Oh, hey, I was going to leave a voicemail when I called the second time, but it cut out, I, you know, and then you just move on. It's like, oh, here's the yeah, reason. He's like, yeah, but why you call? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, actually, okay. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Because it's like, yeah. why are you calling me this many times, times in a row? Yeah. So it's a classic call trick, like call twice. But yep. three is even the next level. It's like someone on the other side is like, okay, this is an emergency, right? So who's going to call me three times back? To back? It is an emergency. <laughs> you freaking inquired about a house. I need to sell your house. No. Yeah. But I mean, and, we have agents on, on lead shift too. So there's like people sitting in their desk waiting for these leads to come in. Right. And so for an agent like Mark, I gathered this information from him and I saw how much focus was on the first five minutes. And I was like, you don't need the product that I'm developing, <laughs> but a lot of other agents do, right? Because that first five minutes is so critical. And so I was always blown away. And you know, now it's like four years later that we're kind of following up and having this conversation and recording it for the world. But that system is obviously working, right? The huge attention to the immediate follow-up and having inside sales agents who are either agents to be, or they just really like, you know, being more behind the phones and not out in the field. You have people on with taking shifts all the time when a new lead comes in, boom, call, they don't pick up, boom, call, they don't pick up, boom, call. Oh, hey. And that is happening 24 seven. Yeah. So we also so, have a so critical, like even after that, if they don't answer on the third time, we don't leave a voicemail. We send a text and we'll say, Hey, I was trying to leave you a voicemail, but it wouldn't let me. Um, so I inquired about one, two, three main street. And we send the link of the house and we're like, when would you like to see the place? And then if they don't respond, we do dot, 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 let me know. So we do that in five minutes. And then if they, um, or we'll send them a GIF or a GIF, like so there's a couple of different ones that we use, but there's one in Finding Nemo where the girl's tapping on the glass and it says, are you there? Uh, and the response rates, that's like 96% or something. So <laughs> we get them on that. Um, we always show them more than one house. We set them up on our own search site so we can see when they're searching. Our phone tells us, hey, you know, Jeff just looked at one, two, three Main Street three times, give him a call. Or hey, Jeff just returned to the search, you know, 47 days without looking, give them a call. So it does a lot of automation for us. It also has an AI that will chat with the client. Hey, this is Mark's assistant. So I inquired about this house. Here's three other houses that look similar that you might like. So it handpicks houses from the MLS for us. So that's all in my tech stack too. It's called Ylopo. I was going to say, are you using Ylopo? Yeah. Yeah. So Ylopo in January uh, commissioned me to help them with their social media ad innovation. So I've been working as a consultant with them for about seven months now, and they have an incredible system. I love everything that they're doing. And it's interesting because they really help clients at scale and they have so much tech backing. And my agency 
helps more like customized. Like if you want to launch a custom video sales letter for your brokerage from scratch and have it professionally copywritten, like that's not why Lopo's thing, right? But no. someone like me, like a custom boutique marketing agency, I can help with that. And so it's been interesting to see really the product market fit for them and the product market fit for me and how we really don't, you know, directly compete because they're focusing on scale and I'm focusing on customization. But yeah. it's been such an interesting journey to like see what they have on the back end and help them with their social media stuff and compare our AI. And it's it's been really cool. So that's awesome that you're already using Ylopo and highly suggest that to any agents out there. Uh, they have, you know, tiers all over the place for different pricing and, and meet you where you are. So with that being said, I want to focus a little bit on the humanization of success, which is failure. Do you have a failure, like a favorite failure of yours that sets you up for later success? And it's a story that you tell. You know, it's weird is I don't really think about the past too much. Okay. So I don't, if I ever have like a mistake, I kind of just write it off and it's gone. I obviously learn from it. So I'm, I'm really hard at like recalling a certain scenario, but mm. I tell my agents, one of the sayings that we have on our team is if you're not fucking up, then you're not trying. <laughs> so I don't think like a lot of times people think like, oh, you start a business and it's, uh, you know, it didn't do well, then it's a failure. I don't like, for example, I started a t-shirt company and didn't do well, but I learned so much from it. So I don't think of it as a failure. I think it was like a stepping stone to get me to where I'm at now today of with my company. I learned so much when I built that business out that that was just an education standpoint, not a failure. A lot of people like mock people that start a bunch of businesses and have like, you know, they don't go success, but but then the one time it pops off, they're like stoked for them, but you know, they don't realize how much work it took to get there. So right. I think of it as more as like stepping stones. Um, I don't dwell on shit. I kind of move on quickly. So definitely uh, no, no failures for me, even though I'm always messing up. <laughs> <laughs> Just always moving forward. So yeah. when you're considering different systems, I mean, I'm sure being a top agent, broker, team leader, you're sold to a lot, right? Hey, here's this new thing. Here's this new widget. Here's this new software. Here's this. So what is your process for evaluating what to say no to? I just say no to everything unless my mentors have done it and they're doing a great job with it, then I copy them. So really, mm. instead of me reinventing the wheel, I just find out what other teams are using. And our systems are follow-up boss and Mylopo. I use uh, you know, like ready-to-go leads, leads that are ready to buy in the next you know, one to three months or now till three months. And that's just worked really well for me. So I don't try to experiment too much on my own on what I'm going to do. I hire coaches that are that are very specific in what they do. I just hired a, a social media manager, uh, coach. He's the most followed agent on TikTok. He has almost two million followers, and he's last year he did 100. Or in the last 12 months, he's done 125 deals from TikTok. So wow. it's pretty freaking crazy. So he's done 125 uh, either deals with his team or referrals out. And so I hired him as a coach. So it's like why try to figure it out on my own when I can just tell me exactly what to do. That's what I'm doing. Absolutely, and that's but I do really get surprising. hit up a lot. I don't answer my phone anymore, actually. I get hit up a lot. So this is my cell phone since we've been on. It's Those are all the notifications. <laughs> yeah, there's so like... I've been on for like 30 minutes screen. and I have... Yeah, I have uh, about 30-something notifications for text or calls. Yeah. So you just don't even look at that anymore. You follow what your mentors have already done and proven. One yeah. thing you said, which is fascinating, is that this agent has closed or referred 125 deals from TikTok. About two years ago maybe three, when TikTok was really starting to take off, I had some people ask me like, 
hey, you know, social media, is TikTok a viable platform for real estate agents? And I did a quick demographic search and said no, <laughs> because it was all Gen Z, essentially. I mean, there was yeah. such a small, small amount of their user base. I'm really curious to see their demographics now, because I'm sure it's so many more millennials and even up to, you know, Gen X that have adopted TikTok. It's such a fun, My, engaging I'm platform. I'm never on it. I'm never on it. And my mom's on it. She doesn't do anything on it. She just uses it to look up stuff. Interesting. Like, so, so it's not like, like I have the app and I've been like more and more remember it. Like I used to do Instagram and Facebook, but I've been right. more and more trying to open up TikTok. And uh, yeah, but like my mom goes on there and looks at it all the time. I, everyone's on TikTok now. I feel like it's pretty big, but it would be interesting to see who ref- did the referral to my friend, my coach. Like, was it a kid that told their parents like, Hey, right. there's this real estate agent that's crushing it. You got to look them up. And then they showed their parents their TikTok and then the parents used them as a real estate agent. Right. That's what I'm curious you know? about because that was my know. only explanation of how it might work. I said, well, maybe the kid would tell the parent, but you're not marketing directly to the, you know, it's not like a mailer that the parents opening, or it's not like a, a Facebook ad that's going directly to the baby boomer that's watching their grandson and their, you know, the granddaughter's photos. And then boom, they see a Facebook ad. Like it's probably going to be filtered through the son or daughter or grandson or daughter up to the parental figure or grandparent through TikTok. That was my assumption, you know, years ago when I looked at the demographics, I said, ah, this platform, not worth it yet. It's got to mature a little more. So I'm really curious to now, now that you just said that, look at demographics today, because this is data that's two and a half years old at this point. And so I want to see, you know, what the data demographics look like on this platform, because TikTok ads, they have very similar ad platform on the back end is Facebook. I have looked into it as a media placement, just, just to be aware of it. And they basically copied the Facebook ad platform. So, you know, if you've had success or heard about the success from Facebook ads in real estate, well, essentially, if they have the eyeballs, TikTok could be just as big uh, from a real estate direct response lead generation standpoint. So super interesting that you just said that. I have some homework to do. Yeah. And then another one is uh, YouTube. People oh, yeah. are crushing it on YouTube and like just not even uh, like ads, like people like my buddies are getting yeah, you know, organic. 2000 views on a video or I'm sorry, 2000 subscribers. And they've already made a million dollars net off of YouTube this year. And their view, their videos only have like 600 views, but it's not, it's still 600 people you expose yourself to. And you only need one person to call you and buy a house. And the people are watching over and over. I mean, they had a Facebook exec buy a two and a half million dollar home from them. Uh, he's like, Hey man. And it's literally a layup. It's like, Hey man, I'm moving out from San Francisco to Denver. Uh, saw your YouTube videos. I want to, I want to buy, you know, I want to buy a place from you guys. Yeah. They already sold on you because they watched all your videos. So right. if you want to put into some, I think like TikTok, YouTube, podcast, getting all of those sources out there and then having it funnel, that's a great lead generation. That's what I'm essentially working on. I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket with all these other companies. Like you said, tech is taking over. Well, what happens when Zillow says, see you later, Mark? And I'm like, fuck, there goes that lead source. You know, that's one of right. my pillars. Okay, what if another lead source does that? And I'm, you know, I mean, if they chop away a lot of it, I'm screwed. So I got to start creating my own. So if you can create your own leads, that's the best. But lead sources are amazing. If you get in on the right ones, you get connected to the right people. But Mm -hmm. I got to start creating those other sources for my team. Yeah, absolutely. 
And the YouTube strategy you mentioned, I found that it works well for buyers, especially out of area buyers, because they're doing research online, they're Googling things like living in Huntington Beach, and then your YouTube comes up. Like that YouTube strategy is now vetted and proven for real estate. But I'm yeah. curious if you've heard anything on like YouTube or TikTok for sellers, listings. How do we get more listings from online lead generation tools? You know, have you heard any best practices? Yeah. Um it's usually online stuff. It's typically buyers. I mean, you got to think right. is that most of the people are going to be in there are going to be, uh, you know, your sellers are going to be contacted by their agent all the time or the person who farms their neighborhood. Farming is going to be honestly, you know, you can do a digital farm. You can do like a geotag and kind of have it like a, like a geo hotspot for anyone that comes in this area is going to see your ads. That's going to be probably your best, but no, it's all mostly geared towards buyers. Yep. And with that being said, I'm working on some really cutting edge stuff with Ylopo for online lead generation for sellers. So to be determined and announced soon, but uh, we've been doing a ton of testing this summer and we're pretty excited with the product that we're going to bring to market here pretty soon. It's, I think, so streamlined and sophisticated and I just, I'm excited, but I can't talk about it yet. So we'll, we'll, well have to move on. Hit me up once um, you uh, find out the details on it or I when will. you know the release date so that I can sign up for it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, I'll put your name in the hat for early, like a series A tester. Are there any books that have really influenced your real estate career? Like one to three books? Uh, yeah. So I'd say Fanatical Prospecting. It's a mm. great book. Go for No is another one. And then Real Estate Riches. So, okay. And then there's another one by these two dudes in uh, Texas, Bradley Pounds and um, Chris Waters. It's called Million Dollar Real Estate Team. So I definitely say read those four books. If you want a team, the million dollar real estate team, real estate riches is a great book for you to understand, but also to give to your clients as a gift. If I ever meet like first time home buyers, we have a stack of books. When we go on a consult, we'll give them that book and be like, Hey, I know you're buying a house for the first time. It's scary. Read this book while you're doing it. It's going to make you believe in real estate and make you understand why it's so impactful for your life. It talks about real estate market versus like a 401k or stocks or anything that's where you have to invest in, uh, how much better real estate is for you over time. So it's a great book. Uh, Gopher knows all about prospecting and fanatical prospecting is obviously prospecting. About prospecting. Yeah. Four great books. And I now have a few more to add to my stack. So. Yeah. Whenever people give me book recommendations, I'm like, la, la, la. I don't, I don't need to hear it because I have too many freaking books that I need to read. <laughs> I know. I have a stack of unread that I'm just working through. I gave myself uh, a list. I gave myself a thing that's like, you can't buy any more books. So you read all the ones you have. So I have them all on my, uh, on my dresser at my house. And as I read them, I put them underneath. So until that stack is gone that I see every single day, I can't buy any more books. It's a good I mean, rule. There's, there's thousands of books down below that I have read, Well, there's like probably like 40 books that I have not read that I have on my counter. Right, man. So much good information out there. So, what are some bad recommendations that you hear given to real estate professionals? I'd say that, you know, when you're a brand new agent, join a team. That is a good recommendation. Some people will try to be greedy and think that they can make more money on their own. There's agents on my team that are making over $500,000 take home a year, and they stay on my team because of the systems we have set up. So being on a team is a lot better than what people will say. A lot of naysayers will say, oh, being solo is the better route. People think real estate's easy. Real reality TV, I think, can make it look a little easier than what it is. It's not. So if you're getting into real estate, get on a good team. Make sure you have a good mentor. Yeah, that's it. And then, I mean, I don't necessarily think that there's anything else that people say that's not true, but save your money for taxes. Create a separate mm. account 
for your taxes. So I've got my business accounts all at Chase Bank. I've got a credit union that I have a tax account at. Whenever I sell a house, I take 30% of every check and I put it over at this one or whenever my, you know, whenever I get a commission check, 30% of it goes into that other account automatically. So I don't have to worry about it. Don't even get to see it. Right. So when taxes come due, I just go there, get a cashier's check and it's ready to go. Right. Yep. That's the best system that I've had set up for myself is when you don't see the money, <laughs> you can't like get it routed to you and then you would do the manual transfer. No. No, you nope. set it up with your bank. They split it off right away from this direct sender, from this direct deposit sender. They split off 30% done. And yeah, that's definitely the smartest way to do it. Yeah, so, and I don't have any checks or anything to that account. I don't have a debit card. I have to go into the bank with my ID, wait in line and have them give me a cashier's check for my uh, my taxes. That's smart. Yeah, so then it's it's not accessible either. Yep. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I'd say early mornings. So waking up, uh, mm. I get up 4.30, 5 o'clock almost every day. When I was going through like the pivotal points of my team of creating it, I was going and doing uh, more like 3.30 once a week and then 4.30 every single day besides that. So if you can get up early, you get so much done. Your phone's not going off like crazy like mine. People aren't up yet. You won't really get pinged until 7, 8 a.m. That gives you so much early time to get stuff done. And I, I write down my goals every single morning. So I write mm. out what I want to achieve, where I'm at. Hey, I want this account to have X amount of dollars in it. I currently have this amount. I want this account to have this much. I currently have this amount. I do that every single morning. So going through and knowing where I'm at, because then when I go to think about, you know, hey, I want to get it to here. I need this many months reserves, really focusing on that. Also get your reserves up to at least six months. Because if you're worried about everyday spending and things going on, it's going to stress you out and then you can't sell because you're thinking about that too much. So money, right. it can be the best thing in the world. It can be the worst thing in the world. Let it be the best thing in the world for you and don't spend too much. Don't go buy a freaking Lamborghini. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When yeah, you pay up front, I've it got, takes eight months to deliver. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't pay up front. You only have okay. to put $10,000 down. Yeah. No, it's uh, you just want to make sure you have everything set up first, but there's always something you need. You always need you know, a new lawnmower. You need this, you need that. Like really look at it and be like, shit, if you don't have the freaking money then readjust your lifestyle because you're going to always be in debt. And once you got that credit card debt going, it's very hard to get out of. Yep. Absolutely. You know, Jim Rohn, I've been listening to his ultimate Jim Rohn library audiobook that was suggested to me on one of my podcasts like a couple weeks ago. It's been awesome. And a simple financial system that he advocates is living on 70%. And with the other 30, you do 10, 10, 10. 10% you tithe or donate to some kind of charity. It's going to make you feel so amazing. And, you know, all the best people do it. And if you start early, it's a lot easier to give $1 of $10 than to give 100,000 of them, you know, a million right? So start yeah. early. And then he says, use 10% to make moves in the stock market. That's active capital that you're investing yourself. You're, you know, investing in real estate yourself. You're, you know, you have control over that 10% for specifically investment purposes. And the other 10% passive capital, lend it out for hard money lending or bonds or something that where the money is making you money. Yeah. And I think that's such a simple way to look at finances. And, you know, then of course you got to siphon off your taxes and everything. So really appreciate that. And I'm curious if there's a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier. Uh, I mean, I feel like we covered quite a bit. I would say is that, you know, the biggest thing I can just 
elaborated on is surround yourself with good people, people that want you to win. If you have any naysayers in your life, even if it's your family, sounds bad, but either talk to them about it and say, hey, this is too toxic to have you saying I can't accomplish this or you don't think I'm going to make it in real estate or use that for fuel. My older brother told me I'd never be a real estate agent or be a successful real estate agent. I just paid for his daughter's freshman year of college in cash as a present to her and I buy her whatever the hell she wants. So use that for fuel because it does for me. I'm like, oh, watch me. Now my brother has been a few years. He's like, man, I was wrong. So, but if you have anyone that's like negative, toxic relationship kind of stuff, get out of it, get rid of it. Your life will be so much better. Uh, when people doubt you, either use it for fuel or just remove them from your life. So that's my advice. If I can freaking do this shit, anyone can. I'm not anything special. <laughs> well, certainly appreciate the humility there and, you know, just really implementing success habits from others, right? I mean, the whole thing is you didn't go reinvent the wheel and become a success. You waited for something to be vetted and proven. And then you just implemented, you know, a wicked focus on like, okay, I'm going to now do this thing right now and test it and, and really give it my all. And one system at a time now, six years later, here you are. So really appreciate yep. your story. And I'm curious how listeners can contact you if they're interested. Yeah. So best place, uh, you can go to marksresources.com or go on uh, Instagram. I got, it's called Mark Pattison show. That's my handle. So it's P A T T I S O N Mark Pattison show on Instagram. DM me. If you have any questions at all, uh, I can send you links to anything that I, you need help with, but surrounding yourself with good people, getting connected on that level. Trust me. That's, that's where you're going to learn the most. That's where you're going to find the most success. Awesome. Mark Pattison, everyone real estate teams all over, but primarily in San Diego, killing it. And definitely check out his resources. I was on his resources site prior to this. It has some amazing things there. So I'll link to that below and really appreciate having you on, Mark. Thank you for everything that you shared today. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.